Welcome. This is Daily Habits with Suzanne Golston. This episode was originally going to be my first podcast, but life had other plans for me that I could have never imagined. As I look back now, I see the synchronicity of it all. I see so many things differently. But before I continue, a little bit about me. I've been actively teaching and practicing yoga, meditation, breath work, and working with energy for more than 20 years. I've always been very intuitive and able to tap into information from the unseen realms. I'd make a great detective. I love getting to the bottom of things that have people stumped. Part of that is helping people reframe stories that are keeping them in loops and holding patterns. We don't realize this is happening, and an objective person can help us see it. I have a wide range of experience and knowledge that I've been using to help people for many years. I hope you hear something today that makes a difference for you in some way. If you want to take the next step, visit SuzanneGoldston.com. Thanks for listening. I've been sharing my experiences with death and loss which there is a lot of on the planet right now. I am no stranger to death. Based on the number of death experiences I've had in my life, I know this is an area I chose to learn about this time around. I'm also a double Scorpio, which means that my sun and my rising sign are both in Scorpio, which is the astrological sign most associated with death. My first experience with death was when I was about 10 years old. My uncle, my mother's brother, died of cancer. I didn't really know him, and I don't really remember being that curious about it, or honestly much other than that. The second death, however, really knocked the wind out of me. When I was 19 years old, A boy I had dated on and off was killed in an accident while he was away at college. Our moms were friends that were in the same Sunday school class together. We always seemed to connect on Christmas Eve at a church pageant that we both participated in. I would end up over at his house hanging out after the pageant, and we would always just reconnect then. He had taken me to my senior prom, and I remember he was super excited to get all decked out, and boy, did he get decked out. He wore a white tux with a burgundy bow tie, and he had a huge blonde afro. He was older than me and went to a private school, and I thought that was cool. The prom, for me at least, was pretty anticlimactic, but I really liked being with him. That was the last time I saw him. I remember it being so hard to even wrap my head around the news when I got it. And I was super nervous about seeing his family. I think that was one of the hardest parts for me. They were in so much pain. He was the youngest of four children, And his mom stayed in contact with me for a long time after his death. I remember wondering why this had happened. Why God would take this young man. 
My belief system limited my understanding beyond that kind of thinking for quite some time. My first year of college, a year later, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. She lived for six more years, long enough to watch me get married, but the last part of her life, and it's hard to call it that, was pretty brutal to watch. My dad took care of her, and it took such a toll on him. But I guess that's how they wanted it. I don't remember considering it that thoroughly at that time. It just seemed to be understood that that's how they were going to do it. They had just decided to call in hospice when she passed. Wow, as I was writing this, I literally just realized that while I was planning my wedding, she was dying and planning her death. Wow, I'm going to need to let that sink in a minute. How could I have not realized that? She died 10 months after I got married on the same day the space shuttle crashed. That somehow seemed really appropriate for me. You're never ready for death, but watching her suffer, isolate, and waste away was really hard to take. And I wasn't there nearly as much as I had been since I had just gotten married and moved to another state. I was busy setting up my new life and not home that much. But when I was there, I struggled to find something to talk about with her. Everything seemed so trivial in light of what she was going through, and she was so sad. That was the first time I ever saw my dad cry, and it just tore me up to see him cry. And I'll never forget that. A year and a half later, my dad died unexpectedly. He had just married a really nice lady he went to high school with just two weeks prior to his death. We knew he had a heart condition. He had gone to London when I was in the third grade for open heart surgery. But I certainly didn't understand that it was as serious as it clearly was. My dad and his new wife had visited my then-husband and I on their honeymoon. It was so wonderful to see him happy again. Then, poof, he was gone, much like Mark. My dad's death just seemed so unfair to me. I felt like life had really dealt me a raw deal. How could both of my parents be gone? There were no satisfactory answers to my questions about why or how this could happen. A part of me got angry at God and distanced myself from the church and my faith. I felt cheated that my kids wouldn't have their grandparents and that I would no longer have their support and advice. More recently, a young man who grew up with my sons and lived across the street from us was murdered. This literally happened right around the corner from where I live. He had actually been trying to get his life together, and I allowed him to live with me and my son 
a few months prior. It was truly one of the saddest and most shocking experiences you can imagine. By this time, I was a very experienced energy worker. So I used those skills to provide as much support for the family and the people attending, and especially his brothers, as I could. I'd mostly just sat and held space and kept energies moving. Um, Because energies can get stuck in those situations and accumulate very heavy energies. And some kids were really struggling with the experience. And it seemed that they were all funneled to look at the body. And this was very difficult. And I thought, not necessary. But each person is choosing and I'm not sure that they feel that they have a choice in some of these situations but you do. I helped his mom process her experience by listening to all the details. Details I didn't really want to know but knew I could help her process by listening. Sometimes the best thing you can do for someone is just to listen to them. You don't have to say anything. Just allow them to talk. Talking helps a lot of people process things. So don't think you're not doing anything if you just quietly listen while someone else talks about their experience and their feelings. Another one of my son's friends who spent many nights at my house was killed by a drug overdose, and two others in car accidents. Of course, there are several other deaths scattered around, but these are the most significant ones. Maybe I'm wrong, but this seems like a lot to me. Why do some people have so many death experiences while others seem relatively untouched by death for a good part of their life? It's a good question, and I think for me, there was and is a greater purpose in all of these experiences. One of my habits is to constantly look for the opportunity in all situations, especially the hard ones. When you're in the thick of it, you may not be able to open up to that process, but when you can, it will be worth your time to reflect on what has happened with the intention of finding an opportunity for yourself or someone else within it. Death is an experience, an event that is often shared with family and people you know and people you don't know. What is a very private event, at least in my mind, is also very public. And for those that are introverts or empathic, This can be very hard. The family is front and center to receive the people who come to do a very noble thing and pay their respects to the person or family. The visitations can be extremely hard for introverts like me. I'm truly very shy, and I can do it, 
but it takes a lot of energy. Let's face it, no one knows what to say or do, but everyone wants to do something. At a time when nothing can be done, people want to do something. Isn't that fascinating? In the South, the first thing we do is take food. No one's ever going to starve in the South. That is our go-to. Well, let me make some food and take it over. When my parents died, there was more food at our house than you can imagine. After Mark's death, when people asked me what they could do, I told everyone, with only a couple of exceptions, the same thing. I said, pray for us. It's okay not to know what to say, and even to let your presence say all that needs to be said. So don't worry about what to say or do. You don't have to say anything. After the services is when it gets real, and you have to face your loss. So reach out two weeks later and just say, I'm thinking about you, or whatever's in your heart. I personally, as I shared, don't care to look at dead bodies. And I don't think I'm the only one. I think I should have the option of not viewing the body. And I think that's considered in most situations, but certainly not in all of them. I do not want my last memories of someone to be their dead body. No matter how peaceful they look, they still look dead to me, and it sticks with you. So I'm careful about exposing myself to things that are disturbing on some level. So it's okay if you don't look at the body. There's no rule that you have to. Choose what feels right to you. You don't have to just because everyone else is. I know some people feel that it's helpful in making it real, but I don't need that to make it real for me. You get to choose how you want to grieve, how you want to remember or honor someone, and how and when you want to say goodbye, if that's important to you. There are many ways to grieve and to honor and celebrate someone's life. You don't have to fit into any stage of grief. It can be an open process that just is. It's okay to be creative and think outside the box. It helps to know what makes you feel peaceful and loved so that you can make sure you get that. Death makes people uncomfortable, and they may not choose to or simply not be able to show up for you in the ways you want or need. Don't take it personally. It truly has nothing to do with you. Try not to totally isolate yourself. Private time is different from isolation. And for me, I really need my private time. Either the mountains or the water always soothes me and helps clear some of the heaviness of the experience. Death can literally feel very heavy and exhaust you. Give yourself permission to cry in public. That does not make you a victim or weak. It's very cleansing and natural if you feel sad to cry, and it helps to process that emotion. Because people do want to help, talk to the people who love you. If you just need them to listen, 
say that. Another thing that will really help is to move your body. We don't realize just how much our body holds of our undigested experiences and emotions. A walk, a bike ride, or some easy stretching can help a lot. As I mentioned, quiet time alone, time to just be present with yourself, you could call that meditation on some level, can help any time. And honestly, is a skill many of us don't have and would benefit enormously from. I'll talk more about meditation, not just as a practice, but as a skill in another show. So I hope you will join me. And I hope I was able to make a positive contribution to your day today. I really do care about that. Until tomorrow, be kind to others, the planet, and yourself. Namaste.